You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. if we lose our cutting edge he restores that and makes us efficient for service but we have to be aware that we lost it some of us aren't aware that we've lost our cutting edge that we've left it behind we're not aware that the cutting edge has become dull because we're into our own flesh what's important is to know that you've lost it And when you've lost it, you know that you can come to the Lord and you confess to Him and He will restore. As you go on your daily life as a believer, passivity can take over and cause your sharp edge of faith to become dull over time. If the zeal you once had isn't there anymore, you can come to God and ask Him to restore you. Pastor Dave wants you to know today that God will always grow your faith when you ask Him to. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 7 as he continues his message, The Axe Handle Floats. They go down to the river Jordan and they begin to cut down trees. Verse 4. So he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down trees. All right. So they're down there cutting down trees and things are going along well. So this one guy is cutting down trees and suddenly something happens to him. He has an accident. Read verse 5. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. That's an interesting thing to say. To me, it's an interesting thing to say. He didn't say, Oh, I dropped the axe. No, he said, Oh my gosh, it was borrowed. (laughs) The guy cuts down trees, and suddenly the head of his axe falls off, lands into the river. It's interesting There's a special law about this. (laughs) There's a special law about axes flying off the handles. I know. There's a special law about this. Come on. There's a special law about this. In Deuteronomy 19, now it is a specific tip of law. It doesn't quite apply here. But in Deuteronomy 19, listen to verses 4 and 5. You don't have to turn there. In Deuteronomy 19, 4 and 5, it says, And this is the case of the manslayer who flees there, that he may live, whoever kills his neighbor unintentionally, not having hatred in him in the past. As when a man goes into the woods with his neighbor to cut timber, and his hand swings a stroke, and he acts to cut down the tree, and the head slips from the handle, strikes the animal, so he dies. There's a law about this. It talks about this. So it, it kind of applies. So this guy's upset. He's cutting down this tree. The axe handle flies off. And it goes in there. Why did they have a law about that? Well, it must have happened a lot. (laughs) It must have happened a lot. You know, after about the 13th time, they go, you know, we probably should have a law about this. We're losing guys left and right because axe handles are flying off. I don't know. Must have happened a lot. Anyhow, alas, master, it's borrowed. The student knew he was responsible for the axe head. He had borrowed the axe head, and because it had fallen into the water, he was going to have to make restitution. He was going to have to get back. It was borrowed. Elisha, it was borrowed. Come on. So Elisha comes in, and I love it. I love what Elisha says. 
He comes in in verse 6. So the son of man said, where did it fall? <laughs> in the water. <laughs> where did it fall? Down there. Well, come with us to Israel and we'll show you the Jordan River. And I guarantee you, you won't see the bottom. It is one of the muddiest, nastiest looking rivers I've ever seen. I mean, wow. So he said, where did it fall? I'm like, what? What are you asking me for? Where did it fall? And he showed him the place right there, right there. So they didn't look in. He didn't reach down and get it. He didn't try to pick it out. He showed him the place where it fell. So Elisha says, so he cut a stick, threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Can you imagine the look on this guy's face when that bad boy comes up and starts to bounce? Can you imagine the look on this guy's face when that bad boy came up? I would have loved to have been there. Hey, listen to what happened here. Elijah uses a stick once again. He loves picking up sticks and throwing them in the waters and doing this and doing that. It's very similar to what Moses did back in Meribah. He takes a stick, he throws it in the water, and the axe head comes up. There was no trickery involved. He didn't magically take the stick and go, and the axe head popped up. He didn't say abracadabra. He didn't say eeny, jeeny, jelly beanie. Oh, come on. You mean you don't remember Rocky and Bullwinkle? Come on. He didn't say those things. Tom's gone, why am I here? <laughs> he didn't say those things. He threw the stick in the water, and the Lord did the rest. He throws the stick in the water, and the Lord does the rest. The axe head floats up to the top. I love this quote from Spurgeon. Quote, God can do all things. He can make iron swim, yet we cannot. And yet you see the prophet did it. And he did it by the use of a stick. He cut down a stick. Was there any connection between the stick and the iron? I can't see any. Yet God does use means, and he would have us use means as well. What a great quote from Spurgeon. God uses whatever God uses. And it's incredible. It's incredible to watch him use things and do things. I mean, you read through the Old Testament, and he made a donkey speak. He might be making one speak right now, for all I know, but he made a donkey speak. He made a donkey say things. So it floats to the top, and look what happens now. Therefore, Elisha said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. You know, God always does his part, and then he likes to include us. God does his part always so wonderfully. We go out and we share the gospel. I might share the gospel with somebody who has a hardened heart. And I leave. You may come along and you might say a few things as you water a little bit. I've planted the seed. You water a little bit. Somebody else might come along after you and still something happens. Something happens here. But you never know when that Holy Spirit, boom, God gives the increase. God uses it all together for his good. The Lord loves to involve us in his work. He loves to involve us in his work. So as I looked at this and I studied this, I said, you know, there's got to be a spiritual application here. There has got to be a spiritual application to these seven verses, and I'm going to try to dig them out. 
Well, I came up with a few. I don't think I'm stretching any, but I might be, so please bear with me. The axe head itself could be a symbol of the cutting-edge power and the effectiveness of the Holy Spirit. When the axe head flew into the river, the man was helpless and could no longer contribute to the work. Ladies and gentlemen, without the Holy Spirit, you are helpless, and you cannot contribute to the work of God. You must have the Holy Spirit empowering you, giving you words to speak. You must have the Holy Spirit to do any work for God. Jesus made it quite clear. To be a witness for God, you must have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit must be dwelling in you. Without the Holy Spirit, we're helpless. We can't do anything the Lord shows us or wants us to accomplish. When we build anything on our own power, we build in vain. Psalm 127.1, unless the Lord builds the house, they that build it labor in vain. You can do it. You can do it, but if the Lord's not guiding you, if the Lord's not moving you along, it's not going to amount to anything. And I'm not just talking about ministry. I'm talking about marriage. I'm talking about friendships. I'm talking about anything that you try to do in life, unless the Lord is guiding it and leading it, it will all be done in vain. That's what scripture tells me. Unless the Lord is in charge of the building, there are going to be problems. If he's not building everything up, there's going to be problems. If you're not totally trusting in the Lord, allowing him to do the work in you, in your marriage, in your friendships, in your job, wherever, there's going to be problems. There's going to be major problems. There's another application. The axe head was borrowed. It did not belong to the man who was using it. In Corinthians, Paul says, and what do you have that you did not receive? John the Baptist said in John 3, 27, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. Everything we have is from the Lord. We don't have anything that is ours. Nothing that is ours. Well, I got my bank account. Oh, yeah. Really? The Lord even gave you that. The Lord has given us everything for life in God is whatever you might possess, Possession or ability, the Lord has given that to you. It's on loan from the Lord. He's allowed you to have that and use that, everything we have from God. And therefore, because it's on loan, we need to be good stewards. We need to be good stewards of what he has given us. He has given me a beautiful and wonderful wife, and I need to be a good steward of the marriage that he has given to me. He has given many of us wonderful friends. We need to be good stewards of that friendship. Possessions, yes. Jobs, yes, etc., etc. Everything we have, especially God's grace, is given to us, and we need to be good stewards of the manifold grace that God has given us. We need to be good stewards of that. But sometimes we lose things when ministry. Sometimes we lose things when we're involved in ministry. I mean, after all, <laughs> Moses lost his patience. He lost his patience with the children of Israel when they wanted a drink of water. Remember? The second time they were thirsty? Do I have to strike the rock again? Well, God never asked them to strike the rock again. God asked them to speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. Why? Because the first time he struck the rock, the rock only has to be spitten once. Who's the rock, ladies and gentlemen? Jesus Christ is the rock. He was spitten once. Whoever drinks of me will never thirst. You have to ask. You have to speak to the rock, not strike the rock. David lost his self-control. 
need to be careful with what we've been given through the Lord. When this guy lost his axe head, when did he lose it? When did the axe head fly off the handle? While he was serving the Lord. It flew off the handle while he was serving the Lord. He was trying to do the right thing, but he became careless. Maybe he didn't check the axe head when he started working to see if it was loose. Maybe that's what happened. Or maybe God had it fly off for this entire miracle to happen. Maybe God had it down. But the good news is just like the axe head that flew off, the Lord can recover anything that we might lose. Scripture tells us that the Lord wants to restore the years the locusts have eaten away in your hearts. He wants to restore those years, those BC years, the years before him, and restore all those things to you and give you joy and peace and comfort and love. What happens if we lose our cutting edge? What happens if we lose our cutting edge? He restores that and makes us efficient for service. But we have to be aware that we lost it. Some of us aren't aware that we've lost our cutting edge, that we've left it behind. We're not aware that the cutting edge has become dull because we're into our own flesh. What's important is to know that you've lost it. And when you've lost it, you know that you can come to the Lord and you confess to him and he will restore. And he will restore you and he will restore what you have lost. Beautiful scripture in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10, says this. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. When we, the axe is dull, when we become dull like the axe, we start using more strength to try to get the job done. The strength comes from me. And I start circumventing the Lord to get the job done instead of allowing him to do the work. And I become a fool. I become a fool because I'll continue to use the dull axe. And then I'll get mad at the axe. Like it's the axe's fault. You know, the with the I'll get mad at the axe because the axe's not doing what I want it to do. Instead of being wise and sharpening the tool. Now, listen. Apply this to your lives. You become dull. You become dull in the Lord. What's the tool that we can use to get sharp? Exactly, the word of God. This is where we become sharp. This is where we become sharp again. And so many times we leave it behind. So many times we don't even want to pick it up. So many times we just walk away from it and say, I don't have time for that. There's too many things I have to do because I'm a doer. Well, it says be doer of the word. Be doer of the word. So we become dull. We don't consider the future. We don't consider what's going on. We stop reading our word. We start compromising with the world. We try to do things on our own, and then pretty soon we're down a pike where we don't want to be. And I've said this a million times, and once you realize you're down that pike, the first words out of your mouth is, how did I get here? Well, you, you didn't allow the Lord to sharpen you. We talked about this on iron, sharp as iron. That's why we need each other. We need each other. I want somebody to be able to come to me and go, yo, I saw this in that scripture. Maybe you looked at it wrong. Okay, go, let's sharpen iron. Let's dig into the scriptures together and let's learn together. Let's grow together. Iron sharpens iron and helps your countenance to grow and get better. We need each other desperately. But when we lose our cutting edge, he restores us and he makes us sufficient. 
I love what F.B. Meyer said. He made a great application about the Christian worker by this analogy. There are times with all who work for God when they are blunt through much use. Such times, let us turn to God and say, put in more strength. Sharpen me up. Let your power flow in me and be magnified in my weakness. See, because we don't want to admit we're weak. We don't want to admit we're weak because I don't want to admit to you that I can't do something because I lack the strength to do it. Because I can strong, me strong, like bull. My standard answer is, yeah, you smell like one too. (laughs) But we want more grace. We want more grace from God. And we don't want his work to suffer. We're talking about God here. We're talking about working for God. We're talking about him. And we're trying to lift him up. I want to be as sharp as I can. I don't want to be some blunt tool just lying around. And heaven forbid, I want God to say, you know, you're so dull, I'm just going to put you on this shelf for a while. Oh, I don't want that to happen. Oh, my gosh. No, I don't want to be shelved. I want to be used for the master's hand. I want to be worthy of what he wants to do. And I'll never be worthy enough, but he wants to use us. And finally, once the axe head appeared on the surface, the man had to pick it up. The man had to pick it up. It was his responsibility. When God shows you a reality of truth and he brings that to the surface in your life, when you become a David and say, search me, O God, and try my ways, find if there's any wicked way in me and let me see it. When God brings it to the surface, when God brings the dross to the surface, you need to hear him and you need to confess. You need to pick it up. And confess it and say, yes, I accept it and I'll go to work. Many of you want healing. Many of you would love to have a healing in your life. And we anoint you with oil and we pray like that. Do you leave going, "Ah, that'll never work? You need to accept the healing. You need to thank God for the healing that's taking place in your body and accept it move on. We need to pick it up and we need to go to work. (laughs) I'm friends on Facebook with many of you. You guys' old pastor, Wes Newell, he wrote something on Facebook, which is, was hysterical. I loved it. And I read it last week. You probably read it too. He put this on Facebook, and I loved it. He said, when somebody stabs you in the back, pull the knife out and move on. Oh, I love that. I love that. That was so cool. That was so cool when you think about it. It was so right on. Pull the knife back and move on. Paul says, forgetting the things that lie behind. Forgetting the things that lie behind. I'm going to forget my failures. I'm going to forget my victories. I'm going to forget all that stuff behind because the Lord has new victories on there. And yeah, guess what? There may be a failure or two also. But I'm going to move forward in the Lord. I am not going to become stagnant. I am not going to let this church become stagnant. We are going to move forward in God. And we are going to see what God wants to do. That's why we're moving out of these four walls and trying to reach a dark, bleak neighborhood that needs Jesus Christ. And God has raised up an army right here, this army. He's raised us up. And he says, let's go to work. Come on, let's go. Yes, we're in a battle, but guess what? Last time I looked and last time I read scripture, the battle belongs to the Lord. And he's fighting the battle. He's doing the work. And for some crazy reason, he wants us to go along. He wants us to be involved. He's given us everything for life in Godness. He's given you all the gifts that you can think of. And you heard when Mark taught about the gift of the talents. Every single one of us has a gift. Have you discovered what that is? Some of you have multiples. 
Have you discovered what God has given you and wants you to do with those things? Have you discovered what God is using you for or has you here for a purpose? There's a reason you're here. There's a reason. Have you found that out? I pray you do. I pray you find out why. God has you here and you're listening to these kind of messages and you're being edified and built up for the work of the ministry. God wants you. He needs you in these last days. These are the last days. The age of grace is coming to an end. And we want as many people to be saved as possible that none would be left behind. Oh, my word. To think that I might go to heaven without one of my kids is frightening. But I hope me leaving would help them to come to the Lord. But we don't want to leave them behind. And God has chosen us, has given us the word, has given us his strength, and he's given us the Holy Spirit. If we would just listen and obey his call. Listen and obey what he wants. And that's what I love about Elisha. Elisha listened to the call. Elisha stayed in the northern kingdom of Israel. He stayed up there. He knew that it was a bleak, dark place. There were idol worshipers all over the place. And he stayed up there and he ministered up there the entire time because he wanted to show the Lord God, Jehovah, to these heathens, to these pagans. He wanted to show them the Lord. Look around, folks. We are in a dark place. A dark, dark place. God has us here for a reason. Let us use it all according to his glory so that he would be glorified. He would be magnified. And people would come to know him. That's our goal. That's my goal. That is my goal. God said that none would perish. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Elisha, huge miracle after miracle after miracle, demonstrating God so clearly. We said this before. He asked for a double portion from Elijah. He asked for a double portion of his spirit. And we said Elijah was responsible for about eight miracles, and you see about 16 miracles being responsible from Elisha. He doubled everything. When you're in tune with God, when you're abiding in Jesus Christ, when you're worshiping in spirit and truth, and when you have the spirit dwelling in you, and you're abiding in Christ, and you're convinced and without a doubt that you know God is with you and he's moving in you, what does the scripture say? Ask anything in my name, and I'll do it. Yeah, this happened many years ago. But the same thing can happen today. God can still use you in a mighty, mighty way, in a miraculous way. I just can't wait to see what he does next. I really can't. I'm excited to see what he wants to do next with this group. I can't wait. I'm excited. So we're not finished with Elisha yet. In chapter 6, there's still more Syrian stuff that we're going to have to go through. A few more things. Elisha still gets into the mix with the Syrians, and there's a great, great passage coming up where he asks the man to look around And he says, can't you see? And he gives this guy supernatural power. And he looks up, he sees all these chariots and horses on fire that are surrounding him. He's like, whoa, that's pretty cool. So read ahead. We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to and even share with your friends and family. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 2 Kings or jump to another book of the Bible. A Sure Hope is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're not already connected to a church family, we'd love for you to join us this weekend. We meet weekly, Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. We'd be happy to get to know you and hear about your story. Find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. Look on our website for directions as well as the various ministries that we offer. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we'd love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. As this edition comes to a close, we want you to know we're grateful you're a part of our listening audience. Make sure to join us again next time for more from Second Kings, where Pastor Dave will pick up where he left off. We look forward to that time with you again as you continue to learn and grow here on A Sure Hope.